Good afternoon. Thank you once again for listening. This is the one and only KG. And you listen to another installment of the KG and the Fifth World Wildcat podcast. I'm going to get right into it because, as everyone knows, as a sports fan, this is Super Sunday. So uh, I'm going to make my prediction right now on that big game coming up shortly. Giants 24, Patriots 21. Now back to the sports that I care about, basketball. Houston Rockets, ever since they won uh, seven games in a row, have uh, lost four and won three in the next seven games. This week was a lost week pretty much, or the past week was a lost week for the Rockets, starting on Monday, January 30th, when they got shellacked by the Timberwolves at home, 120-108. to Defense took a siesta for the Rockets. Timberwolves exploited it and just lit them up. The Timberwolves did not shoot less than 52% in any quarter in that ball game. And then Rockets went followed that game up with a February 1st road game versus the Spurs and led by 18, 20 points, but lost by 8 points. Only one of the weeks for the Rockets was Friday against a dreadful Phoenix Sun basketball team. The Sun looked old and lifeless and lethargic and non-athletic. And the Rockets took advantage of it and blasted the Suns 99-81. Saturday, Saturday night, the Rockets closed out the week how they started it, losing to Minnesota. Minnesota beat the Rockets 191. Timberwolves led by 17 points. Rockets closed to within 3 or 4 late in the fourth quarter. But Timberwolves held on to win the game by 9 points in the game. Uh, Kevin Love, all-star forward, stomped on, I'll say stomped on, stepped on Luis Scola. After fouling Scola and Scola ended up on the floor and Love's foot landed on Scola's face. So depending on your perspective, you can see the video. Uh, you can decide for yourself how intentional you thought it was. But I do know that Kevin Love went into the locker room after the Rockets locker room after the game and apologized to the Rockets and Scola in particular. The incident fired up the Rockets. They got tentacles. They cried to the referees for missing the, the not call the foul and then missing the, the step on the face. Fired up the Rockets and helped them get back in the ball game. But as Kevin McHale said after the game, the Rockets cannot play basketball. Basically, they can't play soft. McHale was quite saying they can't be a pretty basketball team. They have to play hard. They have to play physical in order to be successful. So hopefully it won't take any more teammates getting mashed or disrespected on the court physically in order for the team or the players to become more physical themselves and get things done on the basketball court. The Timberwolves loss on Saturday was the first of a six-game road trip for the Rockets. Not a good way to start the road trip. Monday night they head to Denver. And we'll see how they can bounce back the rest of the uh, the six-game trip. Then they go to Portland, then Phoenix, then Golden State. Then they close out the uh, trip on Valentine's Day with a road game in Memphis versus the Grizzlies before coming home on the 13th versus Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. So... It's not going to be easy this, this next stretch. And after that game versus the Thunder, the Rockets play Minnesota once again. So it's a tough stretch for the Rockets, and we'll see what they're made of. And if, as listeners of the podcast know, they know what uh, I think the Rockets are made of. I think the Rockets are a good offensive team, a very poor, weak de- defensive team. So we'll see how things play out for them. 
this month, the rest of this week, the rest of this month, and the rest of this season, they may be good enough to qualify for the playoffs, which probably wouldn't help them out in the future anyway. They'll have plenty of cap room this summer to sign free agents or make trades and acquire talent, expensive talent, to improve the ball club. But at 13-11, the Rockets, as of today, which is meaningless, are on the outside looking in at the playoffs. They're 3-8 on the road, 10-3 at home, and uh, they are a mediocre ball club. That's what the Houston Rockets are. They always say record says here, 13-11. They're mediocre. They're not good. They're not bad. They're decent. But ironically enough, the Houston Rockets are probably the bright spot of Houston basketball teams on the college and or pro level for the city of Houston this season because the collegiate level it stinks. The Houston Cougars men's team went on the road and they are still winless in common to USA. They're 0-5 in common to USA. They lost Saturday night. Got embarrassed. Once again, I'm tired of saying this about the Houston Cougars, my, my school. But they lost at Tulane, 75-54 to fall to 11-11 overall. 3-6 and in common to USA. The Cougars were 3-5 and heading into the game. Tulane was 2-6. and So the Cougars got blasted by a 2-6 and basketball team. And that's disgraceful. The Cougars have athleticism. But their defense, they just don't play defense, especially on the road. I don't know what it is, what Coach Dickey and the staff have to do, what the players have to get in their brains to play defense on the road like they play defense at home because their performances on the road have come to say this season that I don't think they've lost by single digits. And it's just mind-boggling how they can be a decent basketball team at home and be so horrible on the road. After, especially after their good, solid road win at Arkansas in December. And that, that, that road win seems light years away. Cougars lost at UAB on February 1st, Wednesday, 86-9, before they got embarrassed at Tulane, 75-54. February 8th, Wednesday, February 8th, Cedar Rivalry. The right South come to Hawkins, and we'll see if the Cougars play better at home versus the Owls. The Owls coming off a loss, road loss to East Carolina Saturday night, 82-68. Once again, the Jekyll and Hyde Owls, who, go, who, who, can, who can figure them out. They beat UTEP on February 1st with a basket at the buzzer, basically, with two-tenths of a second left by Julian freshman Julian DuRose, who hit a great double-pump jump shot to beat the Miners by two points. He had to go on the road and lose by TCU by 14 points until fall 13-11 overall and 4-5 and in Conference USA so he, the Owls are 4-5 in CUSA the Cougars 3-6 as you're getting the gist bad basketball for the Houston area teams women's talk I'm get this out of the way the Rice Owls played Sunday morning slash afternoon on Fox Sports versus the first place UTEP Miners Apparently, the 11 o'clock start was a problem for both clubs because neither team got its rhythm throughout the ball game. The final score, Miners won, won the game 45-41. to 41. Yes, that is right. The final score of the ball game was 45-41. to 41. The Owls led 21-20 at halftime and only scored 20 points in the second half. 
Miners, best player, best post player in Conference USA, Gloria Brown, dominated the Isles in the second half, scored 14 of her 16 points in the second half. She just posted up and dared the Isles to stop her, and they couldn't stop her, and she went to work, scoring 16 of the Miners' 25 second half points. Miners shot 27% overall, while the Isles shot 25.9%. As you can tell by those numbers, the game was horrible. Point of play by both teams, at least they played hard because they didn't play well. Earlier, the Owls lost, earlier in the week, the Owls lost at Marshall 65 57. So the Owls' overall record right now is 11 12 and 5 5 in Conference USA. I'm saving the UH women for last in the Conference USA discussion because Sunday afternoon they're playing at Tulsa. The halftime score was Tulsa 24, Cougars 12. Yes, that's right. 12. Cougars had 12 points in the first half versus Tulsa. So that's going to be another loss for U of H to knock them down to 2-19 and 19 overall and 1-8 and eight in the Conference USA. On Thursday, Cougars lost at home to SMU 63-50. to 50. So the dreadful season is almost over. One month more to go for Coach Buchanan and his coaching staff and the players and they can finally look, put the season behind them and look forward to next year. HBU Women's in Great West action had a game at Utah Valley postponed due to weather. The, the Huskies could not make the uh, trip from North Dakota to Utah to play on Saturday. So their record remains 1-19 and 0-4 in Conference USA, excuse me, in, in the Great Western Conference. The Huskies lost their game at North Dakota 93-34. So things would have probably gone much better for them versus Utah Valley. HBU men, on the other hand, played a much better game at home, but they lost by two points to Utah Valley Saturday night inside Sharp Gym, 68-66. They defeated North Dakota on February 2nd on Thursday at home, 69-62. So the HBU men are 1-4 and in Great West play and 7-15 and overall. The good team, Prairie View Panthers. Swept the doubleheader versus City Rival, A Rival, Swag Rival, Texas Southern, Saturday evening slash night. The Lady Panthers defeated Lady Tigers 53-45, while the Fellows beat the Tigers 73-67. PV Lady Panthers are 8-13 overall and 5-12, in the Swag, while the Men are 10-13 overall and 6-4 in the Swag. GSU fellas have gone from battle for first place to losing three in a row. They're now six and four in SWAC play, seven and fifteen overall. Earlier in the week, they lost at Alabama State in overtime, sixty-six fifty-nine in the game which they led, and this fell apart at the end. Lady Tigers are two and eight in SWAC play, three and seventeen overall. Earlier in the week. Before they lost at PV, they lost at Alabama State, 68-47. to So as you can tell, there's not a lot of great winning basketball going on in the city of Houston and the surrounding area. But on some good thing, let's talk about some, some, some happy thoughts. The top 20 list for the Guy V. Lewis Award. Which, we, which will go to the top boys high school player in the greater Houston area has been released. It's in my blog on HoustonRoundBarview.com. It's also available at the GuyVLewisAward.org website. 
the uh, initial watch list that we posted in uh, December of 35 has been carried down to 20. It's uh, six, 17 seniors, two juniors, and one sophomore. So you can check out the list at my blog and see the list for yourself. Most of the young men, most of the seniors have signed with uh, their college choice. And yes, Cougar alums, Daniel House is one of the 20 to make the list. Fans will be allowed once the coaches and the uh, Greater Houston Basketball Committee pare down a list from 20 to 10. Then fans can go online and, and vote for who they think deserves to be the winner of the Guy B. Lewis Award. And that will be held at a banquet on March 27th, the week, the Tuesday before the men's Final Four. So let's get more into another happy good news. As a U of H alum, a proud, very proud U of H alum, I want to happily mention that the current students, U of H students, as colleague and fellow alum Sam Khan of the Chronicle wrote about in his blog on Kwan.com, the U of H students pass a, a basically a referendum to raise their student fees $45 to help uh, cost go, go toward the U of H football stadium as well as Hawthorne's Pavilion's renovation. The fees, $45 fee increase, will be a part of a $50 overall increase in the student service fee. The Board of Regents still has to approve it, but everything should point to the Regents granted that approval. 9,000, almost 10,000 students voted uh, in favor of the referendum, the student service fee increase, and it passed nearly 3 to 1. When I was a student at U of H back in the day, during the David Klingler era, this fee increase might have passed. So the fact that nearly 75% of the students who voted voted in favor of it, it's great news because it, it probably will mean roughly $3 million yearly going toward athletics. We're going toward the stadium, going to Robertson Stadium and Hawthorne Pavilion. But the way everything was written, it, it favors the students as well. And I'm going to give a few details that Sam did a great job providing for, for his readers. And some of the things that will go toward the students include the new facilities will host four intramural championship games and two special events each year rent-free. A student government association representative will participate in the design process for both the Rob and Hoffines. SDA will receive a loge box in the football stadium and basketball arena plus eight football club level seats. Athletics will expand academic partnerships with the communication school, the hotel and restaurant management school, and the College of Liberal Arts and Social Sciences, specifically kinesiology and sports administration. The Moore School of Music will receive 20,000 square feet of classroom space in the new stadium's academic building. Vendors who provide services at the new facilities will receive incentives to employ UA students. Students who graduate while the fee is implemented will receive credits toward Cougar Pride, the fundraising arm of athletics that can be used for things like tickets and parking for athletic events. Free or reduced price parking and or shuttle service to home games held off campus during facility construction, which I'm looking forward to the ground breaking for that in December.
and a specifically designed and designated tailgate area for students at the new football stadium site. More and more details at the Laquan.com website and in the Cougars blog by Sam Condor. does a great job covering the Cougars beat. So I'm very proud of that passing and looking forward to uh, basically the Cougars are now stepping into athletic business, big-time athletics. So it's a, it's a great sign. It's a great step forward for U of H. I'm looking forward to the um, the Big East play, and which will start another year after you know 2013-2014. U of H will finish out conference USA for the 12-13 season, and except for football and softball, which was ranked preseason top 20 and top 25 in in, in two softball polls, the rest of the athletics. Men's basketball, women's basketball need to step up, step the game back up, and bounce back from this disappointing season for both both of those programs. Once again, I'm KG, of, and you're listening to KG and the Fifth World Wildcat Podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. As I said earlier, toward the beginning of the podcast, my prediction for the Super Bowl will be Giants winning 24-21. Hopefully it's a good game. Uh, hopefully the commercials aren't ridiculous. Hopefully no one gets seriously injured Hope no one during the game, and hopefully no one gets seriously injured while watching the game. Because as listeners of the podcast know, there are some fanatics out there who take Super Bowl betting and celebrations a bit too seriously. So be careful out there. I'm going to wrap it up. As a reminder, check out GuyVLewisAward.org for more information about the war in the top 20 list. Be sure to check out HoustonRoundBallReview.com for more write-ups, my game stories from the Houston area teams that I cover, and read those articles. Check out my blogs. Check out the Facebook fan page, Houston Round Ball Review Facebook fan page. Hit me up on Twitter at T-H-E. HR Review. Once again, that's T H E H R Review. Drop me a line, drop me a tweet, ask me some questions. Overall, basketball so far really has been disappointing. You know, college basketball on the men's side has been much more exciting, much more competitive than the ladies' side. Ladies, there's four great teams in college basketball on women's side. Baylor's number one, clear favorite to win the championship this year in Denver, followed by Notre Dame, close num- number two, then UConn and Stanford. After that, Kentucky's probably the, the best team of, below them, and then there's another drop-off after that. But follow me on Facebook. Ask some questions. Don't, don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be shy. Ask me. If I don't know, I'll, I'll find out for you. Give me your opinions. Tell me what's wrong with the Rockets, in your opinion, besides Kevin Martin's poor defense and his poor shooting and doesn't add much else on offense when he's struggling to shoot the ball well. Or Kyle Lowry, who, though he played well versus Minnesota, that was his first good game in about two weeks. So what's wrong with Kyle Lowry? Is Kevin McHale doing a great job with the team being 13 up? Give me your thoughts on a lot of things. So in conclusion, tell your friends about Houston Ron Barbie. Tell your friends about these podcasts. Hopefully uh, the Wildcat will be joining me in, in the near future. But in conclusion, as always, be true, be cool, and do more.